Five-hour tea with caffeine from green tea leaves. It's delicious, energizing, and comes in three amazing flavors. With zero sugar and four calories, it fits your life. With its compact size and portability, it goes where you go. To the campsite, the hiking trail, the beach, without weighing you down. Five-hour tea. Caffeine from green tea leaves. Release your natural sight. From the makers of Five-Hour Energy. For more information, visit fivehourenergy.com. Live from Tully's Bar in the left ventricle of Waterford City, it's Snug Chats. All right, we're back in the Tully's Snug. I'm having a Franciscan Well Rebel Red once again, and my guest this week, my RTE voice again there, Mr. Dower, Paul Dower. Do you know what? You have a face for radio, Dower. I do. Honest Thank to you God. Very much. Thank you very much. Paul Hello, Dower. How are you? Waterford in your pocket. Don't you know? Anybody who's not familiar with Waterford in your pocket, Paul, tell us about it. Waterford in your pocket is, I suppose, social media. Facebook, Twitter, but it's all mainly Facebook and the website. Just all a bit of crack, a bit of fun about Waterford. Now, I secretly believe you hate Waterford. Now, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in a second. But I just want to to find out, and I'm sure the listeners do too. And by the way, if you're listening at home, uh, feel free to pop down to the fridge and... uh, Take a little glass of wine or a little uh, crafty beer. Oh, crafty beer. Yes. Paul is not a fan of crafty beer. No, not a big fan of crafty we'll beer. We'll expand on that in a second as well. But feel free to join us, join us beside us here in the snug. There's plenty of room. It's comfy here, isn't it, Paul? Pull up a chair. Pull you up know, a We're sitting down here now and I think it's amazing. It's not very often you walk into a pub and you see a snug. Mm. And like this is what Warford was about back then. Do you know the, 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 the reasoning for snugs back in the day? That was for women, wasn't it? I believe it was yeah, for women. That's what I yeah. think it was as well. Yep. Now, I, I'm not 100% up for me pop culture, as we say, but I know that the men were in the... It's like that's where the bar and the lounge came out of as well. The lounge was for the women and the bar was for the men. Maybe, yeah. So the snog, maybe it's just, I don't know. But just Answers on a postcard. Huh? Answers on a postcard. And and I'm sure there's people out there now shouting at the radio. Darren Skelton, Donnybrook, Dublin 4. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's nice to have that throwback. Yeah, in a modern yeah. I think it's brilliant. It is. I'm just thinking about these these podcasts. This is now the uh, third instalment. Hmm. Um, and I was thinking, who's going to listen to these people? Who's going to listen to us? Who's, what kind of people are going to listen to? Are they going to be out pounding the streets of Dunmore Road? Are going to be lying in bed, kind of thinking that they're in bed with Paul Dunn? <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you know what? It always amazed me though, because you never know what people listen to. Yeah. Or like, and this is the beauty of social media as well. You don't know. I mean, sometimes you take a gamble and put up a photograph. You think it's nice. Yeah. Next thing, all of a sudden, nobody likes it. Yeah. And you put up a photograph, you think it's crap. And next thing, all of a sudden, it goes viral. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, like, and it's the same. But you, you, you've often spoke to me about this before. And, and, and what's the general um, tentativeness? What's the general. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Having a clue. Yeah. Um, how, how, how long do people usually spend watching videos, for example? What's their attention span like? Uh, on Facebook, the attention span is 10 seconds. 10 seconds? 10 seconds. That's the fallout. Do you see there how the words attention span were what I couldn't think of? That's what it is. It's attention yeah. span. Uh, do you know what the reason for seconds. that is? Though? We're yeah. bombarded with so much information every single day that if you don't get their interest within the first few seconds, that's it. Mm. Now, a lot of people will say it's probably a lot less. We're fucked, so. In fairness, yeah. It's information overload right across the board. But these you know, the podcasts so far have been about 45 minutes and 50 minutes. So, yeah. so what I'm trying to explain explore is, is the is the potential for podcasts, you know? Like do you think that maybe um I used to years ago I used to watch Frasier episodes constantly watch mm. Frasier and I'll tell you what I loved it mm. but I also felt like I knew all the, the yeah. characters and I felt like they were company you know it was weird I totally I'm the same I did the same thing with the Westman yeah love West Wing love the West Wing and yeah. even last week I was watching parts of it now again yeah. but it's the same thing but what happens now is especially in today's technology you're probably watching it on your own not with the family on the television you're probably watching it on your iPhone or your yeah, Android phone maybe. or your laptop or your tablet whatever it is so it's you and the screen so it's you that's buying into it and the family is buying into it this is why chat shows don't really work anymore because you have to sit down with the family rather than you on your own so this is why it kills conversation then as well and debate if you noticed before you're sitting down like down the corporate road years ago the late late show going on with Gay Horn 
your father say one thing your mother say one thing the two of them say well, you go here or that you go here or that Darren go ahead and put on the kettle there was that kind of banter that kind of communication now it's all did you see that episode of whatever yeah. last night oh I know I must look at it and that's the end of the conversation and are they ringing that back now with Google Box or Google Box I don't know it's hard to know I mean like do you want to sit down and watch people watching the television I for one don't but you know at the same time it's I have, I've only seen a couple of episodes but it wasn't bad but like how how long is it going to be before we're going to be watching people watching people watching television yeah but you see it's all fads it's like these celebrity shows as well like, on an, what's this thing that's on UTV at the minute uh, on the island where Bear Grylls or something like that no idea and jo- Dom Jolly is on there and that's the only person I know Yeah. and I just flipped it on to have a look and see and I was saying half the people they're not celebs because I never even heard of them so they're the celebs to some people but not to me personally because I don't watch that much TV and when I do watch TV it seems to be the older stuff that I actually watch right. like like uh, my son now Craig he's into friends in the last while like 14 years of age or 15 yeah. going on 70 I have to say <laughs> but um, he's into friends there's me in my west wing and last week I started re-watching MASH MASH do you see what I mean never saw any MASH no the thing about it is though because I'm not into what's actually on at the moment to be quite honest with you. Yeah. plus as well as that I'm trying to get away from the fact as well of you go in at 7 o'clock 8 o'clock sit down in the living room and uh, you just watch TV, TV for the night to me that's not living anymore before I used to love doing that but I don't like doing it anymore I want to do things so what do you want to do now I don't know the summer was great and it's starting to actually come to a little bit of a downer now because the summer would say right tomorrow the rusty tracks mm. uh, crow wood Woods to yeah, yeah. Hold on a second, you know, This is not water from your pocket, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but you know what I mean. To I, do. To do I do, I do. Let's let's, <laughs> let's let's talk briefly about water from your pocket for a second, actually. Um, what what tends to work on there and what doesn't work? The funny thing about it is, what tends to work are things that have nothing to do with water. Yeah. Thing like I have every night to put up a joke at 10, 10 o'clock on the dot. A giggle before bedtime. A giggle before bedtime. Now, and yeah. as I said, because you have to keep it clean and nice, I don't yeah. cross the line, even though sometimes I do kind of get fairly close to it. You dip your toes in. But I, that, that, it's family humour. Like, you can tell your kids at the joke, you know. Yeah. But uh, if I don't put that up at 10 o'clock, I start getting messages at about 10 past 10. Where's the giggle? I want to go to bed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, one woman <laughs> came up to me, she says to me that she prints them off. Her mother's in a no folks in Dublin. And uh, she prints them off and brings them up every week, so she, her <laughs> mother, can read them to her friends. That's so good. Kind of that well, that's good. That's um, good. Photographs, naturally enough, even yeah. old photographs. And now, with the amount of photographs I have, I can put up photographs of yeah. times gone by and all that. And there's one. There's so much out there that can be actually put up. Are you making any money, Paul? Not a penny. <laughs> Not a penny. And did you, when you when you started it out, was your intention ever to make money? Well, it was always, it was always in the back of my mind. Would it be nice to make a few bob? My editor, in the water of news and star, the water news and star, in your shops every Tuesday. No, she she, uh, she speaks about water from your pocket quite a lot because she believes that you, you've got good branding, mm. and that and that. What I think it's what I think is actually you just don't have to, you don't have a lot of clothes because <laughs> she said you always see me as water from your pocket hoodie. So that's all he fucking has. Yeah, no, exactly. And she's right. He's not he's not wearing. I'm a the growing hoodie. man, by the way. So like, I have to watch what I wear. Like, you know. You're a growing man. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. We'll put yeah. that down. No, but you're right. Look, yeah. it's a branding exercise. It's a marketing exercise. I mean, no, but no, but what she was saying, and it was good, is that is that if you're out, if you're out taking photographs uh, at an event, mm. and people see the war from your pocket hoodie, then they know, oh, we'll be on the website later on or whatever. Yeah. Um, so like that's 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 good. So which means you'll all be walking around wearing I'm for the news of Star hoodies next week. We've been we've been we've been trying to get jackets and stuff for a long time, Paul. It's not happening. It's not in the budget. Do you know what I mean? They still haven't cleared my wages in the budget. So, um, Jesus, that's a bad thing. You mentioned something there that was that was that has me thinking. Um, you wouldn't be a tin man, Paul. Jesus, no far from anybody who's um, anybody who's who's uh, trying to visualise who hasn't seen Paul there before. There'd be a little selfie that'll go along with this podcast that we'll be oh, taking lovely, later lovely. on. Later on, without the double chin, though, in fairness. I'm, I'm, I can only the camera can only do so much, Paul. Um, tell me. And if all else fails, use Photoshop. Anyway, at which on, point? Sorry. At which point do you stop worrying about weight, or, or do you ever? Uh, oh Jesus, yeah. I won't say I constantly worry about weight. It's not a thing that keeps you awake at night or anything like that. But I'm 46 years of age now. I am averaging around 17 stone ish. Yeah. Up and down over the last few years. Um, 
So it's a good sport because like my there's heart problems in, um, always in the family. In the family. Yeah. Uh, you worried about things like diabetes as you get older. Um, all those things that go with overeating. My biggest problem is exercise. I'm not getting enough exercise. Right. And that is because like you know yourself, Darren, as a reporter, you're sitting down and you're writing a lot. Yeah. And it's very hard to get away from that. And even if you're out for a walk or a jog or this or that, whatever it is, you come up on it at 19 and you're saying to yourself, geez, I want to get back and write that down quick before I forget. Yeah. And that's what happens to me. And because it's social media, what I'm doing, I'm constantly watching other things that are going on, trying to find what's a trend and this and that and everything else. <clears throat> and uh, then often the time I forget to go for it. Right. So I'll give you an example. Now, last week I had to meet somebody out in um, Arkeen. I can't remember the name of the restaurant in Arkeen, up at the library. And I left my phone in the car and now I don't drive. Bellissimo, is it? Look or local? No, no, no. It's in the, um, it's where the library is upstairs. Uh, I don't know what the library is. Is that local? No. No, it's not local. No, no. You'd have to pass it to get in there for no. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Uh, left my phone in the car and I don't drive, so I couldn't phone my wife for a lift. Yeah. I was there and I said, Jesus, why am I can't say what a phone her for a lift? So I walked into town and do you know what? Jesus, I loved it. It was great just mm. walking in. And do you know what? I was on my own with my own thoughts. I had no phone with me, so I was listening to podcasts or yep. stupid things like that. <laughs> stupid. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I was just on my own with my own thoughts. Yeah. And uh, the kids go to Dallas Hall College. So I knew Jean was like the kids at 10 to 4. It was last year's actually. And I walked in and I was there about 25 to 4, so I did two rounds in the park. Okay. Went to the car, went home, and I felt great. Right. So I sat down with the kids then, a cup of tea. Well, I, I don't drink tea, I had a cup of coffee. And uh, five minutes talked about it, the kids next year, I was sort of. I was gone! Fast asleep on the sofa. Wow. Right? Yeah. For ten minutes. What are your bad habits? Bad habits. I smoke, I drink, uh, I'm overweight, I'm addicted <laughs> to crisps. You've got all the bad habits, though. I'm addicted to tater cheese and Addicted. Are you? Many yeah. bags of tater cheese and you have a day now? Uh, well, it's not what I'd have a day, it's not like I'd have to. Before, you see, when I, I'm, I'm with Gina for the last, what, 30. Ah, oh, James, right? I met Gene when I was Fair play to you, Gene. Fair so play to you. 31, yeah, 31 years this year. And uh, before I'd say it, really, I get in a sneaky pint. Yeah. I say, Darren, you're going for a pint. Right. And you sit and grab So I get home then. How many pints do you have? Oh, the hand of it was the two. Right? right? Yeah. Even though it was, as you know, I said it could be three. <laughs> okay. Now what I'm doing is I'm hiding the bag of crisps. I'm not to drink anyone. Now, it's not terrible. Yeah, I'm at that stage of my life. I'm hiding food. But it's a bag of crisps. Are you hiding a little bag of crisps in the cistern in the toilet? Oh, no, not, not gone, <laughs> no, because there's too many bottles of vodka in there. I digest, I digest, of course. No, but what I do is, Jean goes off to like the kids, I run down to the local shop. Right. Cut a bag of crisps and I hide them upstairs. Don't you, yeah. And the little box room in my house, you see, is my little office. Not bulimic, eh? Uh-huh. Me? No, I just love crisps. I'm a table. <laughs> but you can get the free walkers. Do you know what? That, could be, that could be the tagline for this podcast. Darren Skelton meets Paul Dower and in underneath they'll quote saying I'm not a bulimic I just love crisps <laughs> yeah and Tato Park and Tato Park there's um, an idea for sponsorship now Tato Park <laughs> <laughs> Darren Skelton meets Paul Dower brought to you by Tato Park um, no the, the, the way thing is interesting do you ever do you ever um, in an evening right think mm. I'd love a Chinese I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a Chinese no. right but, but no hold on so you think to yourself I'm going to get a Chinese right and you don't right mm. and you just feel as if you should actually lose weight there and then for not getting the fatty meal you're going to get oh Jesus no 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 no, no, no. no. so okay so you don't eat Chinese what, what well, no I do eat Chinese you do eat Chinese no but uh, the thing about it is I'm very lucky Jean is a brilliant cook okay brilliant cook yeah and she drives me mad no, she does because when it comes so not to not only she drives you all around the town she drives you mad as well uh, and up okay. the bend around the corner and all up right. the wall okay. but she turned around and she said to me um Let's say, last night she said, Paul, how would you like for your dinner tomorrow? Yeah. I'm always there. Jean, I'm not hungry, so I don't know what I want for my dinner tomorrow, so yeah. you make what you want to make, love. So this morning she said, would you like a curry? And she makes a beautiful curry. Like she yeah. gets the coconut milk from this and that and there. It's only the, I don't know what she does, I'll be quite honest with you. Okay. And I said, no, Jean, I wouldn't like a curry. So she said, what else would you like? And I said, I don't mind what you make. 
so you're so awkward little bastard aren't no, you but I'll eat that and she'll give me but don't ask me just put it in front of me I'll eat it well she should have put the curry in front of you so okay so go I on. said to Jean up to yourself Jean is very indecisive you see she's indecisive yeah, very indecisive extremely indecisive so like if she gets a direction like she'll Paul would you like a curry yeah I'd like a curry off she happy days she goes make the curry yeah. right yeah. and if I said that into the off she go regardless what it is okay and like she loves the recipe of books and as I said she's a great cook yeah but tell her what to make they should go off and make it because otherwise like she said what will I make it's like a kid when you open up the fridge or you know when you're peckish in the night yep. you open up the fridge yeah. you might do it two or three times hoping that each time you open it there's something Some different, different in there. but it's not what's you know? the last uh, what's the last romantic thing you did for Jean romantic I suppose going out Darren to meet you I turned around I gave her a hug and a kiss on the cheek and I said see you later love <laughs> Uh, and I did. I'm not too sure that qualifies. And I did. Romantic. I don't know. We, with the kids getting older, um, we find that we do have a lot more time together. Yeah. Which is great. So it's kind of just our walks, the conversations that we have. Uh, sitting down and Mo's at tomorrow for a cup of coffee Lovely, watching yep. the world go by whatever else Gina's not a person to come into the town because she doesn't like the hustle and bustle of the town. Okay. Right? <coughs> that and the parking. But yeah. uh, it's grand to be a good tour or done more or regardless of where, just where it's quite where you can get a nice, mm. first of all, nice views and a nice walk. And I suppose we did that a hell of a lot, to be honest with you. Pretty good. Now, it wouldn't be a long walk, so it's not as if we go out and do a round of the Santas. We go out and just walk down a little bit, like, you know what I mean? Then we say, ah, coffee, yeah, no order of coffee. And I, I suppose, the, the, um, do you still hold it again? 46. 46. And do you think about... Um, Being 27, yeah. No, what? but <laughs> when you're 46, are you still thinking about, like... And you're with Jean quite a long time. Mm. Are you still thinking about being attractive to Jean? Or do you feel now that you're both in... You're, you're, the boat has sailed now. You're in the... You're in the Jesus, look, I, I'll be honest with you now. And I know, I mean, society always did, not just now, yeah. but always did, even when I, I in the 80s, like when yeah. I was in my teens. There's, yeah, attraction is always there, but what do you fall in love with? With Jean, it was the way we could communicate to each other. Yeah. It's the way that we had the similar um, traits, uh, and even different traits. It's how we communicate, communication was the big thing. But our ideas, our dreams, our wants, our needs, uh, the adventures, adventures we wanted to do, uh, the fact that we pushed each other. What's the biggest adventure you went on? I suppose the biggest one was going to Germany. Right, and how long were you in Germany for? 14 years. How did you meet Jean? Brett Kettle. Ah, is there a story there? Huh? Is there a story there? Is there a story there? There is a little bit of a story. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll take a little break. Perfect. Because these two point glasses are empty. And just like that, we're back. I have no idea. I'm hoping that by the time all of these things are ready, the viewers and the listeners would have heard uh, some kind of fancy ad there. Who would have paid me thousands? Brought to you by Waterford in your pocket. Your place for everything Waterford. <laughs> will I get a job on the radio, will I? I think maybe you could. You could. Um, so, Jean. Jean, yeah. I was 15 when I met you. Wow. And uh, what happened was, uh, both of us were involved in Arts for All, which was called at the time. Yes. And uh, I used to do children's shows. And there was one to Jean and her friend Janan and her friend Barbara came down one night they were going to get involved in the show and all that and of yeah. course 15 was after the lads now you remember I grew up with a mad bunch of people uh, Brian Flynn sadly yeah. not with us not with us any longer uh, Marcy Keaton um, then there was Paddy O'Connor or Pat Kelly he's living in Denmark now and a few others like that now but we were all into music we were all into things like that. and like we thought we were macho at the time because we had our own band and everything else like, right. we're all fairly musical I have to say because like, we're all in the Barry Street band we studied music and this and that and everything else but next time with Jean walked in with her entourage right. I didn't know Jean I didn't even know her name at the time so we're all there Jesus you're one is ugly you know this kind of way all the lads you know so next thing I asked one of the girls out and she said no 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 you're grand she says so I just hear like totally deflated Jesus yeah. probably good yeah. to hear but I'd have to ask about the rest of them one of the others out there so I just have to say it to this other girl I said hey so the chat and all that I'm hoping that Jean's not the last person you spoke to her. This is, not, this is not where this is going, is it? Oh my god! Okay. And she turned around and she was, do you, remember, do you see a little restaurant, maybe before your time now, 
uh, I can't remember where it used to be called Maureen's used to not Maureen's uh, Rendezvous okay uh, it was down on Barnes Rand Street and uh, she was working there right and uh, I used to for a couple of weeks used to call in like for a cup of tea with the lads and hello how are you you know this mm. kind of way yeah and uh, they said I asked for a bit for coffee and all that and everything goes well and I won't say it was as simple as that, but it was as simple as that because I'm mad into board watching ornithology now, the feather yeah, type. Yeah. And um, where she was living at the time was where her family home was uh, at Bilberry at the Rock. So there was no traffic around, so I had to cycle out there yeah. and I had to go the rusty tracks. So, so how, sorry, how old were you again? 15. 15. I'm, I'm, I'm really tempted to ask if you're 15. Yeah. So potentially, without me prying too deeply into your private life, potentially. The only woman you've ever slept with is Jean. That's impressive. But why should it be impressive? I just say. You know what I mean? I, that's yeah, that's no, the way life has. There's a societal pressures again because even lads. I mean, don't forget, I'm 15. Now, Jean is two years older than me. Yeah. I mean, Jean is only 28. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I was in school, like, I am a man because I was only 15, could I with a girl that was 17. Yeah. Which is absolutely crazy. Like, so, like, I was strutting around Dallas on college, like, you know what I mean? I was going to, you know, this kind of way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jean was in college then when I was doing the leaving cert. And uh, in school, like Dora's going over the cottage, girl. You know this kind of way. So come here. What time? What year? What year? How old were you when you lost your virginity? How old was I when I lost my virginity? Sure, I'm still trying to find it. So I, Jesus, I can't remember. I'll Get keep that to myself because I might embarrass some people. Oh, interesting. How's that then? How's that? How's you that? can do a little bit of decorum there. A little bit of decorum. I was 16. Great. Yeah. And uh, what did our mother say? Uh, <laughs> Hell on a there's no giggles before bedtime oh, here sorry, now. Paul. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but the, the reason why I say it's interesting because um, the, the you see, sixteen-year-old. I think it's, I, I actually believe, even though people would think differently, that kids are older now when they're when they're. I think they're probably more distracted. They're distracted by phones and iPads. We had nothing. We had nothing. We, we had. Jack. We had nothing when he would join us in press. Oh, and we did have nothing. And I mean, I always remember that, uh, as I said, being for the mayor's walk, what we used to do was we used to play at the back of the guards' barracks. Right. It was all waste ground that was over there. Yeah. And it was often the turn of the guards, like back in the 70s, they'd get a load of contraband and they'd burn into the back. Yeah. So I remember I was only in the early 80s, 12, 13 years of age, mm. and I always remember what I made on my paddy. Paddy wouldn't speak to me for six months because I found a pornographic magazine. A dirty mag. A dirty mag. Dirty. Now, at the time, with pornogra- porn- pornography, I didn't even know that word, but this was a dirty mag. Like, right. And we were looking at boobs and everything else, and we were saying, what's going on there? We didn't know what was going on. Yeah. You know? And uh, Paddy wouldn't talk to me for months. Disgusting. Carry on to this and that. Nearly. Right. I think I sold it up until I sold for two pounds or something like that at the time. Now, a lot of money, considering I was only getting 50 pounds a week off my father. But... Um, no, now you see because so of the internet, yeah. it's more accessible. Oh yeah. Back then we couldn't access it at all. Like, you know what I mean? And like fellas came into school. Oh, I had one last night, and I did that to her down the back, and this and that, and everything else. Like, but yeah, but, uh, so, but all the kids now are on Snapchat. Yeah. So, which which was basically designed in order for young girls to send pictures of their tits to young boys, mm. right? Mm. And um, is it because? But yeah, at the same time, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they all maybe they're all at it now, thirteen or fourteen. But then, yeah, it, it's socially accepted among their peers. Mm. You see, don't forget, as generations go on, I mean, like what we accept now is not necessarily we expect from our kids or accept our kids to. Yeah. And the same thing, our parents would not wouldn't necessarily accept what we're doing, sitting down at whatever time it is in the day having a pint out and told my mother go mad. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so like with every generation, we're going to have different expectations and different outlooks on life. Yeah. And it's the same with the kids as well. The biggest problem is, and you can see it as well, is with the kids. My biggest worry is that uh, the sale of condoms has gone down. Oh, right. So, I mean, this is where the message is not going out there, right? Safe sex. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be the one to judge or even say it. Have you, have you, have you had that discussion with um, your kids? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
very open about things like that. And I'll tell you the reason why. I remember years ago, I came home from Germany, right? Yeah. Uh, Mum passed away in 94, I think it was about 96, 97 when I came home. And uh, sitting down with Dad one night at the kitchen table, I suppose I was after going out with the lads at teenagers, a couple of bottles of me anyway. Yep. Dad was asking, well, how's Germany going and this and that and everything else. And we started talking, and my brother called in, that's it. Yeah, and we're sitting down, we're talking about education. Now, my, my brother is a lecturer. Yeah. And uh, education is a big issue in his life. And I was saying, oh, in Germany, the way they educate and this and that and everything else, and even they have a special class on sex education. Hmm. My father was there and he said, what now? I said, yeah. I said, sure, I didn't learn anything about sex education. I said, until I started biology in fifth year. I can tell us that. What? He says, you didn't. Now, my father never used language. And he right. came around and he said, well, fuck you, he said. You, I sat you down for an hour and a half, he said, and you even asked me what oral sex was, he ah. says. And I said, oh, I can't remember that. I remember, he said, because I was never so embarrassed in my life, right? So that conversation stuck with, yeah. with my own kids. Yeah. And I was saying, coming up, as they were growing up and all that, we wouldn't be sexually explicit, but don't get um, don't yep. get me wrong at that point. Yep. But the thing about it is, try to create that here where, naturally enough, there's a lot of things they're embarrassed that they won't ask us about, but... We said, Gene might spark up a conversation about something that they would be an earshot of. Right. So those little things to show, well, look, you can talk to us about it. Because I never had that growing up, even though I did. Mm. Obviously, what my dad said, it probably blocked it out. So the kids know all they need to know about the sex up. Well, we would hope. I mean, like, precautions. Yes. The, no. the, the, um, which school did you go to? Uh, Stephen Street Primary and then Dennis Allen. I suppose Mayor's Walk closer. So you I'm never gone. You never considered Mount Sinai at all? Gee, my father swore he'd never sent any of his children to Mount Sinai. Why? After going to Mount Sinai himself. He hated it. The worst experience of his life, he said. Wow. And he said, because of that, he said he would never send any of his kids to Mount Sinai. He never spoke about his, his experiences. Yeah. But I suppose living in the Mayor's Walk, it made sense going to school, primary school, down around the corner. But it made no feckin' sense when we were going to Dennis Hall College, walking up and down four times a day because lunchtime we used to get an hour and a half break. So in the middle of winter, lashing out of the heavens, we'd have to walk home for your dinner, get drowned in the wet, sit down by the fire, dry off, get drowned in the wet, go back up to school, we sitting in the class in wet, and the smell Lovely. is wet and everything else, like, and then walk back home. It's amazing we weren't sick of constantly. Yeah, you know? yeah. Come here, so growing up, growing up in the, in the, uh, the 70s and 80s, mm. tell me, what were your three favourite shops that are no longer with us? Shops, Colans in the Mayor's Walk. Colans in the Mayor's Walk, yeah. what kind of shop is that? There's a sweet shop, and famous for their ham. They used to make their own ham all day. But How do you used, make your own ham, Paul? Well, boil your own ham, ham on the bone, and they used to cut it themselves. None of this processed or pre-packed stuff. Right. Oily Colman, she used to buy two hams a week, boil them out the back, you walk in, you get the smell. But they used to open at 6 o'clock in the morning, when no shops open at that hour. Yeah. But at 6 o'clock in the morning, you get all the post office vans parked outside, you get all the ESB vans, everybody goes. All the lads went in to get their fresh lads, which came from Welch's, which were on by Britain. Yeah. Uh, to get their lads to go out to work. And Mayor's Walk was like, I don't know, Chaos Central. It was brilliant yeah, there, at 6 o'clock in the morning. What, 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 where was it located? What's, what's in there now? Um, what's in there now? Jeez, there's a doctor's practice in there now. Right. Uh, don't, don't ask me what doctor is in there. And so that's what, what you've described there sounds like something out of a, 19, a 1960s movie. And quite idyllic, idyllic actually. Oh, it was, I mean, it was, look, it was, there was no shop in the air. Like, we had best goods in Valley Brick. They only came up in the 80s, yeah. or in the 70s. Yeah. Dick Redis, who has been there for forever, as far as I can Okay. But there was no, you went to Dick's for the newspaper. But you wouldn't really necessarily go into for sweets, whereas Conan's open, you'd be able to go over and get your quarter of bonbons, you'd be able to get your comi- comics over there, yeah. whatever else. Like. But why I love Conan's is that um, Billy Conan, Gabby Russellton, uh, he gave me a tab. Right. Right. So How old were you? Uh, 12. You had a tab? With a tab. So I used to always buy the, the Buster comic. Yes. Never right, it was yeah. five pence or something like that. And Mr. Collant was never busy because you never called anybody with the first things. It was always Mr. Yeah. Can I pay for that during the week? No problem. So then I started smoking at around that age as well. What um, age were you? About 12. <laughs> so like 10 fives, I think it was 40 pence or something like that. Right. Mr. Collant, could I get 10 carols or 10 major? Whatever the taste of the day was. And uh, yeah, 
so he called me in one day but he says to me he says Paul he said I think I might have to go to your parents about this now he said because you're not paying in the money that you said you're going to pay I said why he said your tab has gone up to he said one pound and five pence right. now when you consider I was getting 20 pence pocket money at the time the bus was five pence a bag of Christmas toppings uh, do you know what I mean like, so so, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. so you were 12 yes he was selling you smokes mm. and you were only a tab mm. okay but that just happened as well. Toby Hickey got me arrested when he was early on the Glen. You go and buy a single fag off for a match for a tenth of you know? Yeah. I'd always went in, and nobody questioned Did you clear that tab you know? in the end? I did. How? I did. Uh, my birthday came up, and I, got, uh, I think I got a fiver or something like that. So oh, nice. There you go, Mr. Collette, you know? Ooh. And I just said, poor Mr. Collette, but Billy, he's not gone that long, and Eileen not gone that long. And even then, every time I met him, I could never call him Billy or Eileen. There's always Mr. Collan or Mrs. Collan. It's amazing, like, you know. So that's one shop. That's one shop. Jeez, um, what else has got? Rendezvous at the restaurant. You used to love that down there. Well, we know why you love that one, so next Yeah, one. but another one was when George's Court opened. That was 1984. There's a coffee shop in there called Moraves. Okay. Uh, that's where we used to always hang out. Was... That in the centre as you walk in? No, no, no. It no. was underneath where number nine is now. Okay. Uh, it's part of Boots now. Okay. And uh, that closed then because Moray had opened up the frame shop, I think it was at the time. Right. And then we started going up to Manners Restaurant. Yes. We thought we were very posh, like having a coffee in Manners. Lovely. And actually ended up working in Manners. Did you? Um, so did Jean. There you go. But apart from shops like that, I mean, look. I was a kid, wasn't used, didn't want shops, I just wanted to get out, mess around the place, have fun with the lads and all that, there you go, so shops are everything, you know. So when did you, when did you go to Germany? When? Yeah. 1987. Why? Why? <sighs> Love. Oh. Well, no, no, basically was it, Jean was doing her, Jean is a, um, did study German and French, wait, German and French, she's a bilingual administrator, right, right? in German and French. And uh, she was going over to Germany for the summer just to better her German. So um, I was working part time at the time in Manners and a mentor shop uh, that just beside TNH is called Treads. Okay. And saved all my money. I went right home one day and I said to him, Mum and Dad, I was 17, I'm going to Germany for two weeks. And they were there, okay, was paying for it. I am. There's me ticket. <laughs> Lovely. Right? Yeah. My father nearly went through the roof. Okay. And um, because I wasn't the most responsible person at that age, you know, I was always in trouble. And mum turned around and she said, More power to you, she said. So, um, more power to you, sorry. So I went. Yeah. But the, Germany was booming at the time. Yeah. And I was offered a job in the building site. And I was, during the summer of 87, when I finished the building site, I was working for Trev. And uh, I think, what was I getting at the time? £55 a week. And I was offered as a job for a job on a building site in Germany, um, the equivalent of about four hundred fifty pounds a week. Nice. So I was there. Like, Happy days. Now, we're only taking the money, right? Now, the fifty-five pounds I was actually getting here was probably a lot more than the four hundred fifty because at home I didn't have to pay any rent. Right. Mum just made the dinner. The clothes were washed. You know all these like little things. And there was no Billy Collan in Germany. No, there was no Billy Collan in Germany. I found one though. But <laughs> but the thing about it was that. Um, uh, we decided, yeah, that we'd go back. So in 1988, then we went over and uh, stayed there till 2002 when we came home. Why'd you come home? Well, 2002, when you came home for a few months, actually. Yeah. What happened was that Craig was born in February 2001, and Catherine, my sister, and dad came over to visit in the March of that year, and sadly, dad passed away in November of that year. Right. So. Uh, we were moving apartments at the time, so Dad's house in the Mayor's Oak was empty. So we said, I was, uh, I'm a painter by trade. So what happens is during the winter over there, you're often signed off, you're out of work for the winter. Mm. And uh, so I had about a month off, so we said we'd come home to Ireland. So we came home here and we said, mm, we actually like it here. But Aaron, our eldest son, has a thing called dyspraxia. Yeah. Dyspraxia, um, he needed speech therapy, so yeah. we had to make a decision. He could have got speech therapy in German, mm-hmm. but that means we'd have to. We would have meant we'd have to speak German to him constantly, yeah. so not to confuse him yeah. or get in English. So we had to make a decision. What oh. would we do? So we said, look, we'll try that for a year. So we're staying here anyway. 
and next we were only here in February of that year, March of that year. Oh, sorry, no, we went back in February of 2002. We packed up everything and so we were going home. Jean was on maternity and she was on three years maternity leave for Seam, so her job was safe and everything else. And we were going to use, uh, she was working for Siemens. And Siemens have a brilliant relocation service, so they would have gotten us a new apartment and all that and everything else. Mm. the relocation costs. But we're only home here a couple of months when Jean, uh, the, the partner she was working in, closed. And they wanted to put Gina to a different department, so she was offered either move to that department, which was actually in Paris, okay. or redundancy. So it was a, we had to think, what should we do? What yeah. should we do? So uh, we decided to stay here. Just, okay. In water. Which kind of drove me mad for a while because it took me about two and a half years to set. Because yeah, you hate Waterford. Hate, uh, hate Ted. Oh, sorry. Hate Ted at the time. <laughs> and the reason was because, you see, I was used to efficiency. I was used to the underground coming. Yeah, the German efficiency. I was used to everything working like clockwork. You knew if you're meeting somebody at 7 o'clock, that person turned up at 7 Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And all these things came back home here, went to the bus, bus stop. What time was the bus coming at? Ah, sure. Some stage. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Things I could see, like, especially like. They were the boom years, a lot of building got up around the town, and there were streets that were cleared and could have been made wider, but with the development that went on, the streets were made narrow, and it was like, Jesus Christ, places are going to be ghettoized. And there was all these things I was looking at, and I was saying, oh my God, what are they doing to the yeah. city? But that comes from, like, a lot of people that live away will take the good of where they live, and the bad, yeah. and they bring it back home with them, and they look with different goggles. And I was like, what the fuck is happening in Tully's today? Very noisy, isn't it? Is there it? a match on? Oh, that's the, the golf. They're all getting excited. No, no golf on. No golf on. It's, uh, it's Tuesday yet. Tuesday evening. But anyway, um, sorry, it got quite noisy there. When we return from our second break, sponsored by the Apple iPhone 7. And a water in your pocket. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we're going to ask you a question. What are the three things you hate most about Waterford? After the break... As we move into our third part, Paul Dower just said to me, it's amazing how you could flow on and talk about all kinds of stuff when you have a few pints in you. Of course. Yeah. Really want to the German stuff, the Erdinger. Erdinger. That's beer. I'm assuming it's not non-alcoholic. Oh, God, no. That's not a beer, then. Mr. Dower. Yes. You've made a mess at the table. You poured the pint incorrectly and there's beer everywhere. Three things you dislike about Waterford. Um, One, go. The way people park? No, no, that's nothing to do with Waterford. Come on, that's no, bullshit. It it's nothing to do with Waterford, that's anywhere. Right, the way people walk across the roads. These are my peeves. This is nothing to do with Waterford. Come on, oh, Mr. Right. Waterford, in your pocket. The way people say... No, 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 no. I didn't say three things you hate about people. I said three things you hate about Waterford. Three things I hate about our dislike. Dislike about Waterford. I would like to change. I'd love to oh, chase. Uh, three things I'd love to change. I'm giving you lots of scope. Oh my god, that is an actual hard one. Um, I would like. I do you know what? I don't know because when I wake up in the morning, I wake up my front door. Whether I go left or right or straight on, it's. What for itself I don't want to change is the people in it I don't want to change you want to, so you hate people is that what you're saying Paul you hate people well don't we all yes people are <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose no when you think about it like water jeez I love water I mean oh, I fucking know you love even, water even when we went to I mean the fella said to me before like um, when we went to Germany he said I love Germany but the only problem is there's so many Germans there yeah right so I love water but it's full of water people think, <laughs> the, thing, the thing about it is what makes a place what makes a place? It's the people. That's okay. what it is. Yeah. All right? And like, what in your pocket like, is a community? And that's what I set it up for. Like, just to show people like, there is things out there that you can see and do and all that. My b- biggest gripe is when people say, there's nothing on the place that gone to the dogs. Right. That drives me. Is that just pure laziness? Uh, my mind, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because you know those people who kind of say, like, I, I saw someone recently on the on the internet and they said that, um, no, the culture noise didn't know that was on. I mean, they should have advertised it was nothing, you know. And it's like, come on, I mean, it was in on the radio, it was in the paper. I mean, short of, actually, yeah. short of actually knocking on your door, these people want to be just hand led. But you see, that's where the laziness comes into it. I know, like, Darren, you're in the media game a long time now as well, and you know yourself. 
that you could put something in the newspaper for 12 months to say it's on. Yeah. Uh, next thing, when today comes, people say, sure, I never do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to be proactive where you live to get the most out of it. That's mm. called living your life. If you're going to sit at home and wait for that man to knock at the door or something like that, or which really drives me mad is somebody has a little bit on the lot, yeah. right, which somebody in my area had, wasn't much, 10 grand. Yeah. And he was so horrible. Yeah. Right, this kind of attitude. That girl went in, whatever she was doing in her local shop, and bought a carton book, whatever else, and said, I'll take a chance to buy a lottery ticket. Yeah. And she was looking. Yeah. In other words, she was proactive. So why then would somebody else turn around and say, See, her? Yeah. I do know what goes on. And this is the kind of gripe I have because people have to grasp life, take life. We do, uh, we do a thing in the paper called the, uh, On the Spot. Yeah. But you interviewed me before for that. I, I have done. And um, the most common uh, answer to the question of what would you most like to change about Waterford is the begrudgery. Mm. It's apparently rife in Waterford. I think it's an Irish thing, but it's an Irish people thing. say it's, 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 an Irish it's, it's rife not, in Waterford. It's not just Waterford. It's I, that, um, it's I that, have to say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. just Waterford. No, but I often see my own... Um, I mean, I'll give you an example. We came yeah. home from Germany, right? Same kind of conversation happened one night with a lad in the pub. And he says to me, how long are you in Germany? So 14 years. 14 years, you're back now. How long are you back? And at the time, it was six months. Mm. So 14 years over there. You couldn't hack it, no? <laughs> and I was here. What? Couldn't hack it. You couldn't hack it over there. I had to come home with it. You see, now it's that kind of way, like, now, is it small mindedness? I don't know. Is it the lack of knowledge? I don't know. Is it the lack of empathy? I don't know. But it's all these things. But the thing about it is, my biggest gripe is, and you know yourself, like, with my with the friends that I have, they tend to be people that actually live their lives. They get out there, they question, they have a look, they'll go, they won't judge a book by the corner. Yeah. They'll try something new and then decide if they like it or not. Yeah. Well, what I do in Wolf in Your Pocket, it's, I use the 80 20 rule, all right? Yeah. I shouldn't be giving away the t- trade secrets now, but I will because I think it's so important. It's okay. I use 80 There'll only be three to four people listening to this, you're fine. <laughs> Yeah, is that all? I think so, yeah. But it's the 80-20 rule is 80% humour, light-heartedness, and 20% then get the facts and the events and everything else. Yeah, that okay. Okay. All right? Now, with the humour, people understand that it's humour. But then, all of a sudden, when you hit them with an event on or a bit of history or this or that, whatever else, they go, oh, my God. Now, this is what the marketing companies are doing as well. And this is what people are looking at when they see it online. They just believe it. Because Why? A lot of people are losing the ability to think for themselves. Yes. And that's what it is, because it's so easy to sit down. Look, even in your job, you know what it's like. Newspaper sales are going down. Why? People don't want to, are not striving for that knowledge anymore. People are not striving to inform themselves. They're not, do you know what I mean? And you can see that. I mean, right across the board, and it's not just in Waterford, but like all over like the country, newspaper sales are plummeting. Why? Oh, I get the news online. Where did they get the news from? There's a problem there, as you know yourself, with some of the big websites online that they're stealing other people's articles and put it up in your Yeah, that happens, yeah, yeah. And that happens as well, right? Because yeah. they say, oh, that's a trend, hmm. rather than reporting what the news is. It's reporting the facts. That's so important. Because what I do can be classed as kind of a bit of romanticism. Because what I'm yeah. doing is saying to people, look, get out and enjoy water, be proactive do these things and uh, enjoy where you're living. That's what I'm doing and that's what I see as my goal okay. to do, right? But where do I get a lot of the information from? And I said it before, I get it from the newspapers, I get it from the media. Yeah. So, when I buy the News of Star, the Munster Express, Warford Today, yeah. whatever else, and I look at that and I'm looking for the things that are being reported on. Not advertisements, not press releases, what's being reported on. Yeah. And I'm thinking in my mind that, right, how can I and what I'm doing and my scope of wolf in your pocket and you have to remember I reach about 400,000 people every single week that's a lot of people Yeah. and how can I do that in a positive way to enhance the people who visit wolf in your pocket enhance their lives or even for that split second or something like that alright yeah but it's so important as well that you have the likes that hard hitting hard hitting reportage as we say because if we don't know about it how are we going to fix it? We can't just pass over. The issues so many times have been just brushed under the carpet. Mm. I said, it'll go away. It'll yeah, never see, go away. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get criticised for reporting on, on as an example, uh, the drugs thing. Yeah. Um, and it happens, and it's a, look, it's a fine line, but at the end of the day, I suppose, um, 
it's happening so mm. and it's happening locally there are a lot of people in Waterford who believe that the front pages of the papers should be good news stories yeah. all of the time and not and not bad news stories you know as if when you when you tune in, when you tune into the to the to the news at 6-1 you know, they don't open up with the good news story. It's always the worst possible, and yeah. it goes down from there because that's what sells. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But no, exactly. Bad news sells. But I think what actually sells, in my opinion, is originality. If you, if if if, if people don't know about it, and you're going to tell them about it, then you you're suddenly providing some kind of a, a use. No, you have it because for the simple fact, how can policymakers come up with ideas? How can politicians actually bring it up in their local areas? whether it be local council or in government, yeah. if they don't have this information. So a reporter's role is to report, and that's what they should be doing. I mean, if there's so many tabloid papers out there. They're making up their own stories. So they're yeah. not actually reporting, yeah. right? But it's so important for a local newspaper, for anything that's local, to report locally, whether it's good or bad. And even the bad stuff has to be reported, because if we don't know about it, how can we make it better? I mean, just like Darren, if I was sitting down with you, if I did you wrong, yeah. If you don't, and I don't know that I did you wrong, but you took a, a grievance or something I said to you. If you don't tell me, I'm going to. I just continue on. Yeah, and that's it. That's very good. At least because that's I, very good. look, sense and sensibility. Mm. Yeah, we have to make sense of all these things. The knock-on effects. I mean, that uh, article that you wrote, but it's drugs. It's not the fact that people are going in there buying drugs. It's the consequences of the people buying drugs. It's the people breaking into other people's houses because they're looking for money to feed that habit. Yeah. It's the consequences of insurance uh, prices are going up because of the fact that somebody breaks in. It's the consequences that the HSC then are over um, under pressure because of the same fact they're trying to deal with the people that are uh, addicts. It's the consequences that the prison service and the guards have to deal with because when they arrest but these people, they can't put them away. That's right. So, so it, it, it brings it to another point. When, when we did the most recent, and I have no idea when this podcast is going to go out, but we did a story about the, the drugs den in the um, key. Um, there was people saying, oh, you know, that's a disgraceful front page. You should be, you should be, you should be keeping on with, the, with, the, with the, trying to get a second catalog, you know? Mm. Now, this is an interesting one for us because twice in the last two years we've had uh, the hospital on the front page of the paper three weeks in a row mm. the issue is very close to our hearts and it's very close to your heart and everyone's heart because it's, it's exactly. and I mean that yeah. literally yeah. Um, but from a business point of view and from many other point of views we sure we can survive if we keep on having the same story on the front page every single week it, got, it, it, it gets to a certain point where you have to move on Keep on working in the background oh, yeah, and yeah. hope for that yeah. ultimate goal to be scored. But you know, you, you, you can't. I mean, we look at a tree, we say, we're going to go, okay, we need to move on next week. Yeah. The politicians have to start doing their jobs, yeah, now. Yeah. the clinicians have to start doing yeah. their jobs. Yeah. Now, you know, you can have people on Facebook saying, oh, you should be pushing for the cat lab again. I'm saying, well, we're doing everything see, we can. And we have, we have, an, sorry, we have like uh, the, the, the Phoenix uh, who writes for us. Um, He's such a passionate man about Waterford and also about, especially about the hospital and stuff. And he's he's fighting to nail behind the scenes, and that's that's part of nail, the nail, nail, nail. There's so many people behind the scenes that are doing so much, right? Yeah. That will never come out in the open. And there's a lot of people out there that don't want to be out the open, but they are doing their damnedest in the background. They're working twenty four seven, talking to policymakers, talking yeah. to politicians, talking to whoever. But people don't understand it. Just because it's not in the paper doesn't mean that it's not going on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, yeah, we have three blind mice. Yeah. Just because you can't see a monkey here, a monkey see, a monkey do. And this is the problem as well with Facebook. Somebody puts up a rant, and I have to call it a rant. Yeah. And next thing all of a sudden, you get the herd mentality of what happens, your keyboard warriors comes out, mm. and it's a bang, 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 bang. And regardless what you say on that, you get somebody who will rationalise their thoughts and they are rational based and they're not wrong with what they're saying because they're right in their mind now when you're talking about something like the Catholic it actually affects the greater good it's yeah. not just a few people <laughs> so like by putting somebody one side down putting another person down and being negative about things that's not going to achieve the thing at all I mean like the thing about it is that we need to find out the pure and simple facts because what can we work on? facts nothing else we can make assumptions that we want we can no. make guesses that we want we can make we can say I have an idea 
But unless we have the facts, we can't make any assumptions. And the assumptions is the wrong word to use. Before we, let me just check the microphone. Here. We're at. Oh, what are we at? Oh yeah. So before we before we wrap up, try on the spot in terms of uh, politics and, and yeah. water. Can you name a politician that you think is doing some good work? <laughs> Two politicians you know, good work but now bear in mind that, you, know, you don't have to answer but bear in mind that I'm also going to ask you two that are doing fuck all yeah no there's a lot of people doing I can't say there's any one or two or okay two, because like I know a lot of the politicians and they're all doing a lot of good work and I mean like then there's politicians that I don't know so I can't even Gauge if they're doing work or whatever else, and you might see a snippet in the newspaper, or a snippet online, or something, or in the, uh, on the radio, or whatever yeah. else. Like. <coughs> but I think for the most part, I mean, the, the politicians that I know, they are actually doing their damnedest within their remit, if you know what I mean. Well, I feel like you're listening, but I cut out that bit. <laughs> Well, I hope to. The plan is to commercialise both of Okay. And the reason why I want to commercialise it is because, I mean, with 27,000 likes on Facebook, yeah. we're, it's, it jumps between 10,000 and 25,000 on the website every month. Yeah. And we want to grow that. Um, and look, it's a bit of good news, people like it. You yeah. know, people actually buy into it. The diaspora is so good, massive out there. I mean, like, you see people in Hawaii looking for a profit in Calcutta. It's just yeah. great. Yeah. And but what I have to do now is because I haven't applied. Yeah. I'm on the door. Yeah. So what I have to do now is I need to start selling a small bit of advertising, get a small bit of sponsorship mm. to be able to turn around and say, Right, now we can do this. And by doing that then we'll be able to do a better job of promoting water. So we'll be able to have an online store selling water products, for example, yeah. we'll be able to promote water businesses, events, right across the board. I think um one of the biggest problems I have with Waterford, and not only just Waterford, like sometimes it's just people, right? Is that why didn't anybody spot what you were doing earlier on? And if somebody in Fall to Ireland, somebody from the council, why didn't, why didn't somebody say, right, what they're doing there is, is excellent work, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them on, give them some money and let them promote Waterford. This is, this is what annoys me. There's so many clicks in Waterford, so many little, little groups of people getting paid massive amounts of money to do fucking nothing, right? And you have the people who are doing the most work getting paid nothing. Yeah. So, so that, that must be frustrating for you, but it was frustrating for me for a long time to see it happen. Yeah, I mean, you said that to me before, and I told you before, like, I'm not, I'm not motivated. Who cares? Motivated on it's it, not right? to do with it. But this is, there, there's my mind again, the greater good. I can do this, so I'm doing it. Yeah. That's my be all and end all. I mean, that's my dream yeah, force. The, the Cocoa Pops are not going to find their way to the table themselves. No, but you see, this is why now I have to turn around and I have to commercialize it. Yeah. All these, I mean, to the detriment, maybe the losing star, I don't know, but I have to sell a bit of advertising. Yeah. But I mean, I yeah. think. Oh, we shut you down. <laughs> the population is growing in Warford, so I think yeah. there's room for us all. And I think the more address we have to be able to promote Warford, I think can only be a good thing. Okay, well, we'll wrap up with your, with your favourite joke. Your favourite joke? Um, two ducks flying over Belfast. Two ducks flying over Belfast? Yeah, and one yeah. duck said to the other, quack, quack. And the other duck said, I'm going as quack as I can. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a, um, a little uh, selfie to, to wrap this up. I like, I like doing it live on the air so people know exactly what's happening. That's facing the wrong way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I was looking there. His behavior. There we go. So there we go. Ready? Big smile. There you are now. There you are now. Mr. Dower. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Never a problem. I actually enjoyed that. To find out more about upcoming Snug Chats, visit facebook.com forward slash Snug Chats. Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... 
Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-Mobile to learn more or visit a store today.